Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Hey guys, welcome back to the sidelines with Coach Steve. Um, before I get going, if you're watching this on YouTube at some point, like, subscribe, share it out. If it's a podcast form, share it out so we can get some more coaches to listen in. Um, getting some great coaches on here. Um, today I have another one with me, um, Coach Carrick. Um, got to meet him for the first time on this. He reached out, said, I'll be on your podcast. And I'm still trying to figure out why he would do such a thing, but we'll find out. Um, Coach, thanks for being here. Um, I think my listeners have grown by like five in the past week. I don't know what number I'm at, but it's grown a little bit. Um, so could you please introduce yourself to those people out there listening? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm Alex Carrick. I am a coach at St. Ignatius College Prep uh, in Chicago, Illinois, and uh, lead, run, found, I don't know, what whatever verb you want to use the flexbone 101 youtube channel yeah that's a curse word around here but we'll get to that and we'll get to that um so the first question i ask every single person is how did you get into coaching because it's rewarding it's hard work i'm losing my hair slowly as we speak um because i want to do it since i was 15 years old so like i've known but everybody has a different path. Everybody has a different way of how they did it. So how did you get into this hair losing profession? Uh, well, I'm not at hair losing. I'm at hair graying. But I'm, that's why I wear the hat most of the time. So I'm right there with you. Um, man, so I guess I learned in high school that um, I was not nearly as big as everyone. But I really enjoyed the X's and O's part. And I was like, I might not be physically better than you, but I'm smarter than you. Um, and that got me decently okay as like a high school player. Uh, and then it wasn't until after college, uh, I moved to Wisconsin, um, for a now ex-girlfriend and was like, I don't know anyone. Um, I need something to do and I love football and it just kind of made sense. Uh, so I reached out to the local youth program, um, Brian Cavanaugh is his name. Um, and he's kind of the reason why I'm here. Uh, and 
he had me come meet him after work one day. I asked, uh, or, you know, he ran me through all the different levels, the different time commitments. Uh, and then at the end, he's like, oh, and by the way, I'm the head freshman coach at the high school if you want to do that. And I was like, yes. <laughs> so that was, this, this would be my eighth season. So still going strong and still going gray. Yeah, I got both. It's white hair and the beard, and it's losing mm. the hair. I'm doing the opposite. Um, yeah, see, I kind of wish I did youth level. I got thrown into the fire. I was straight varsity my first oh, time. Oh, boy. Like varsity JV, and it's been that way ever since. I was 18 years old, and now I'm about to turn 30. Like, I've been doing it for a while. Uh, and sometimes I wish I did freshman level first. Um but when I was younger, I was like, I'm varsity, I'm big time, I'm this, I know everything. And I quickly realized, I don't even know how to tie my shoes in football at that point. I was like, because I coached at my high school, so I thought I knew everything. And I went to a different high school. I quickly realized I know nothing. The coach there put his foot up my ass and he was like, you're going to learn today. <laughs> and that's, uh, I was always offense. He made me do defense. That's how it was. He was like, you're going to learn defense. Uh, so See, I told you I get off topic, but I was thinking I kind of wish I did freshman way back when. Now I'm okay where I'm at, but back then I wish it was freshman sophomore, so I could really learn how to coach kids. So I did it the harder way. Yeah, know? and especially because you're like the same age as the seniors. Uh, it was nice. I, I was 23, 24 at the time. So it was like, I was a little bit older, but still didn't know shit. So I just kind of faked it till I made it. Yeah, well, I was the coach since I was so close to the age of them. If they got their ass chewed out, I was the guy, you know, they got yelled at. I'd pull them over and say, okay, let me rephrase what they said to you, but in a calmer way, since I was so close to their age, I was like, I could do that. Because mm -hmm. I tried to do the yelling thing, and I was like, they're going to give me the bird. They're going to do this. Like, he's 18, 19 years old. I'm 17, 18. Um, now I can do that because I'm going to be 30. Like, hey, you kids don't know nothing. Uh, but then I, I, I became that whisper in your ear coach whisper sweet nothing to that now i can do the coaching part um so um oh, see i forgot my questions you see this is what happens uh so what have you uh coached or are you an off since you did found the flex bar we'll get to that later has it always been offense have you coached defense um kind of like your coaching career type thing yeah, so I started as a, theoretically that first year, I started as a volunteer offensive coach, uh, but we had so many freshmen, we wound up having two teams, and they're like, hey, another team means another paycheck. So I got paid my first year, which was amazing. Um, my background was always, like, I played offensive and defensive line in high school, so, like, that's naturally where I started. Um, I did offense my first two years then i did defense for a year on freshman and then i was head coach in offense for a year on freshman then i did special teams on varsity um and i've been a varsity assistant for uh you know a backs wing backs for the last three seasons um so from playing defense, does that help you on offense better? Because I know when I, I had to coach defense, I had to do defense coordinator stuff, like for assistant varsity and then my own defense on JV. Then when I went back to offense, I was like, I understand defense so much better. 
Now, I don't get I, – I was talking to a coach yesterday or the day before. I don't get into everything. Like, I know when a defensive lineman's angling this way or doing this or doing that. I'm like, I know what's going on, but that high school kid's not going to realize that. But I understand when they line up how it's going to look or what they're, what they're doing. So did that help you out with offense at all, being a it, little bit of defense? Uh, it definitely did. Um, from everything from just basic technique – to like when you're coaching and being like, Hey, that linebacker is watching the mesh, right? Like you, if you're going to go block him, take a good angle. Cause his, he's distracted. Like, and all you have to do is put your body in the way. Like I need like a second and a half. I don't need you to crush him. Just be smart and get in the right position when you know what he's looking at. Right. Um, but it was kind of the same thing on defense. So I went to defense. I was such a brat though at the time when he made me do defense. I was like, I don't want to do this. And I quickly had to learn it. We did a 3-4, and I quickly had to learn it. But then I started to realize, oh, on offense, when they're lined up like this, this is what I want you to look at because I understand what's going on. And then when I came back to offense, it was the same thing. Because now I'm the run game coordinator, so now I have to know the box, everything about the box. Um, and I was offense coordinator for a little bit, so that too helped doing that. Now I'm kind of going backwards. Um, so it's nice to know, like, hey, the lineman's in this gap, but that linebacker's right is staying over here, which – there's probably gonna be a stunt at some point. Like that's what happens when they line up. That's what happens. Um, so I, I encourage coaches to do both. If you want to be an offense coordinator, you need to go coach defense for a little bit. If you're defense coordinator, go do offense for a little bit. But what do I know? I'm the kid from the cornfield. I, I don't know. I think I agree with you. I think because it's helpful to know what those players are doing. It's helpful to know what that coach is doing. Um, I think it would have been easier at the time when I had to do defense if we had like a real system that like a varsity coach could teach me instead of me as a lineman trying to remember what I did in high school and realizing I don't know anything about defensive backs. I was like, what do we do to trips? Like a uh, linebacker, like just run out there. Like, I don't know. I just made it up. And luckily when you're a freshman coach, like you can get away with that a lot. <laughs> right. Yeah. When I, I had to do defense, but I was defensive line and offensive line. So I didn't care about, what the linebackers were doing. My mm -hmm. job was to help out the defensive line and say, that's what we're doing. Offense, we ran, we kind of ran a flex bone option in high school, kind of. Um, you're the flex bone guy, so I'll describe to you what it looked like here in a minute. Um, I was like, I don't care. We just, we called, if we weren't blocking the guy, we said Bozo or something, like we're not touching him. So I had to, so that's all I knew. I was like, I don't care what the behind me is going on. I don't care. And then when I started to do defensive coordinator stuff, I had to really quickly learn what the backers are going to read, what, what's their drop, what's their foot. Because they asked me, what's the footwork? And I was like, you're going to look that way. I don't care. But like, or like, yeah, like you said, they go to trips. How do we shift? You shift? Well, I didn't know. I don't know what you're doing. Like one, two, I, three. Like, all right, yeah, I guess we need a third guy over there. Like, Or I'm just going to call blitz every time. Like, yeah, hey, just bring the house. It's fine. I was atrocious for that. We ran a three, four. And I always stunted and blitzed somebody. I was a notorious for blitzing yeah you're like oh yeah i can blitz that corner and someone's like well then who's gonna guard that guy and you're like no one we're just gonna get the sack it's not gonna matter <laughs> well i became that idiot coach of like well guys when i call it red because i still remember when it's red the corners blitz and our two safeties have to pick up the guy that we're leaving and one time i did that and i just assumed they knew and they're like well you did tell me i had to pick him up i'm like it's easy but i was 21 years old or 20 years old and i'm like you don't know that 
Yeah. I also still, even to this day, uh, like as an offensive coach, I can't look at defense, like on the bottom, if you're drawing things up, like I still base everything I do off like playing Madden as a kid. Like that's how I still envision my screens. So it's funny you say that because every offensive coach I meet, they draw it up on the bottom going that way. Mm -hmm. And then every defensive coordinator does the opposite. Like I have to look at it this way. So during our contact days, we start at six o'clock. Well, we get there at like four 30 or something. Defensive coach is drawing up something with his defense and I draw something up with the offensive coordinator. Well, when we get into arguments or debates, debates is the nice word. The head football coach is a D coordinator. When he draws a defense up, he goes, well, how would you attack this? I'm like, well, you're drawing it on the wrong side of the board. I can't tell you how I'm going to attack it. What do you mean? I was like, you got flip-flop. I'm not looking at it from the bottom. Or when he says to the right, I'm like, well, that's to the left in my my terminology. Like, yeah. I can't do it. I, it's still to this day. I have to, like, redraw things. All right. Uh. And he'll send it to you on huddle or whatever. I'm like, you're drawing it. In. Like, it's not looking right. You got to flip-flop it. I can't do it. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um. So, how did you come up with a Flexbone One Hundred One YouTube? I think I saw on Twitch you do things. Uh, website, you know, are you trying to be like Coach Mackey, but the Flexbone? Uh, that? Hold on, once I'm gonna pop my door shut really quick. <laughs> Wife just got home, so the dogs are running around. Um, so it started out, uh, we got a new coach while I was in Wisconsin, um, and he brought in, like, I'm going to guess similar to like what you played in, like sort of flex bone, like, you know, option principles and whatever. And I had no exposure to that as like a high school player. And I was like, wait, you just like, don't block those people. And he's like, yeah. And like, after I coached him, I was like, oh, this is really smart. And we didn't have like the best athletes or the best linemen. And I was like, wait a minute, we're competing with teams we have no business competing with. Um, so I actually started doing it. I was like, well, how am I going to learn this? Oh, I'll watch Georgia Tech. So I would like download their games the next week. I'd, you know, cut up all the offensive plays. And like, literally it was like my own quiz to myself of trying to like, what formation is this? What play is this? And then I was like, yeah, maybe other people might watch these. So I put them on YouTube and then, you know, usually I would learn when people are like, you're an idiot. That's not the right play. And I was like, all right, noted. Like, I won't make that mistake again. Because um, people on the internet love to tell you you're an idiot. Yep. Uh, and so from that, I was like, okay, like then I, my next step was, all right, now if I were to actually coach this, like, what are these plays? And just like the same stuff. I was like, there's nothing really good in this space on YouTube or like, things that were made in this decade. Um, so just kind of started from there and it's grown. I was like, Hey, like you mentioned Twitch. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll try streaming. Like, why not? Like I can take all that boring video editing time that usually I just like sit by myself and listen to music and like have people come hang out if anyone wants to. It's been kind of fun. Trying to figure out the Twitch stuff. I saw, I'm like, I cannot figure it out whatsoever it's a lot <laughs> like it was just gonna be for the gaming thing but then i saw people like you guys doing football stuff and i was like well how does this work and i'm messing around with it and i about threw my laptop out the window i was like i can't figure this out it's too complicated 
it's a lot and it's a lot of different like programs going on and you've got to have a thousand accounts and things. And then if you want to have like, you know, stuff scrolling on the bottom or, you know, whatever else it's, it's uh, a lot to learn. Well, I was just happy. I figured out StreamYard to stream to YouTube live. I was like, I figured that out and the stuff on the bottom. Me and my friend started like a college football recap show on Sunday mornings and I figured that out. And I was like, I'm so proud of myself. I figured that out. And then I opened Twitch and it's, I need a PhD to figure out how to. <laughs> yeah, it's its own world. And I think like it's that little part of like, you know what? I know I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to start and like, I'll pick up the little parts as I go. Um, early on it, like it was you're like, oh, I'm not sure if this is done yet. I'm not sure this is ready. Like, you know, and I'd sit on videos for forever. And it's just like, you just have to do it. You know, so, people are, people are going to call you an idiot regardless. Cause I wanted to use it on like zoom. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And I could not figure out how to even do Twitch, like a zoom, like to record myself and have it do that. That's how big of an idiot I am. No, that one might actually be harder. There's yeah. Cause it's video input, audio input. Yeah. See, we'll get off topic, but like I said, when I see people master Twitch, I get mad. I'm like, how did they do this? And I can't figure this out. I'm not mad at the person. I'm just like, how'd they do that? And I can't figure this out. And then I give up. I'm like, I'm done. It's not going to work. A lot of spare time with no football. (laughs) See, I had it during quarantine. I still couldn't figure it out. I was not able to do that. Um, Yeah. So I'll tell you what we ran in high school because it's on my mind. So if you can picture the Maryland eye, Old school Maryland eye. We're talking three, like three and an eye. Yeah. So you have your like your tight ends on the line scrimmage on the left side, wide receivers out on the right side, quarterback, fullback, halfback, tailback all in a straight line. Take your halfback, move him to the right just a little bit where he's lined up with the guard. He's still in that depth, but he's to the right a little bit. That was our base formations. And we would run your we, we had numbers. We said 10, 11 option, 12, 13 option. So we ran all that stuff. So I guess you could say it's kind of like a flex bone. Our head coach will not call it that. When I was in high school, he refused to say wing T or flex bone, but that's really what it was. Because we ran option. We could run power. We could run lead out of it. We could motion a guy and run a buck, we could run buck sweep stuff and so I coached in option stuff. So people like to make fun of me. I'm a spread guy now, but that's what I did. Played in that and I coached it. So when you look at that, you're like, man, that, we don't know anything about that when you see that. Uh, I mean, at, at the same point, right? If you have three backs, like there's only so many places they can go on a football field. And you're like, okay, yeah, if you're motioning them or, you know, whatever the motions and the fakes are, you know, it's, it's almost like just uh, – twisted wishbone kind of thing like it's all there you know and i'm sure it just started as like hey here's three plays that work and you just kind of build on it like hey once they stop it then we're gonna run this you're like okay we need to draw up what that looks like yeah we were we were very simple but uh 12 and 13 option was like our bread and butter and that midline was our bread and butter but like I said, when I was playing, I didn't think anything of it, of like not blocking this guy. And then when I started coaching, I was like, oh, when we call 10, you don't block the one technique or three technique. We have to read him. 
when you call 12 or whatever, don't block the five, you leave him alone. Now, see, when I was in high school, I didn't know that was a five technique. I didn't know what that oh, was. Oh, no, I, I do look back and I, God, I hope none of them actually watch this, but I look back and I was like, my high school coaches didn't know anything. <laughs> I think that sometimes I am friends with my head coach, but they didn't teach it as techniques. They were, we did like tunnels. So like it was on or down. Now I, that's what I still use to this day, but I call it techniques still. So I'm like, we got to block the three technique. We got to block the five technique. But I still say those terminology, like, are you covered, uncovered, or whatever for alignment purposes. But I still say one technique, three technique. When I started getting into coaching, I was like, why didn't we use that? Why didn't he say one technique or zero technique or five? And I started to realize maybe we were dumb. Maybe he did, and we never knew. Maybe, or, or maybe a little bit of both. And maybe we were dumb and he couldn't. He's probably like, I tried and you guys couldn't do it. I don't know. But I know for us personally, on down inside, it was so easier for me. Like we don't block him. It's or like if that, that's how we did it. It was like on down inside. Mm-hmm. You don't block this guy on option. You go down for a double team. No one there, you go to the backer. And I do that to this day. Even with, we just installed power, a big power and power read team. I still use that. I'm like, okay, power, somebody on you, on, no, okay. Then we go down to inside. But then when they don't block somebody, I say, why did you block the three techniques? I still say those terms. Like we still know what they are, but. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's comes from the experience in coaching where you're like, I need very basic rules that anyone can understand you're like, you know, whatever acronym, whatever funny things you have, you know, stupid sayings, but just, Hey, as if on Friday night, that kid can remember, don't block the read. That's all that really matters. Right. Yeah. That's, that's why I look at it. If a college coach or a big time high school sees me doing that, they're going to call me an idiot, but going back to what you were saying, when you were trying to break down the film, I still try to do that. But when I, I've tried to do that on YouTube, but what I say is, Hey guys, this is what I call it. You call it whatever you want. It's the same. A coach said that he goes, football is simple, but we make it complicated. And you could call one thing something, and I'm going to call it another, but it's the same thing. Yeah. I-, I was talking to a coach about formations. Like, to me, when I was playing and coaching two by two in a 10 personnel, we call it doubles. That's just what it was. <laughs> Some say, no, that's spread right because the Y is on the right side. Spread left, he goes the other side. Or no, that's ace because Mike Leach calls that ace in his formations. And I'm like, isn't it the same thing? They Uh, are. Or like certain routes, they call one thing the other. And I'm like, that's the same thing. Yeah. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. 
Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. It's, or, or how, how far, how far is it your hitch? Is your hitch six to five? Is your hitch three to two? Is your hitch right off the bat? Like, you know, one to zero. Or do you make it an option route where instead of hitching, he goes back out. Like, I'm like, that's not a hitch anymore. That's an option route. But that's the same thing. And I don't know. I'm, like I said, I'm stupid simple. So I pick up on the lingo. So you could call something something. I don't know what it is. And I'm like, oh, I get it. But then there's some where I might say, and they're like, what's that? And I'm like, well, let me draw it up. And, and it's the same thing. Yeah. Why do you call it that? Because I coached in it, I played in it, or whatever it is. This is what I know. But they're going by college coaches. College coaches have the same terminology, I think, for a lot of things. NFL, they do. But that's because they're so high advanced, they can do that. We're down here at the high school level where it's – I can call something peanut butter or jelly. If it means something to me, it means something to me. Like, we know what it is. Yeah, I actually – I had that um, – funny enough, Matt Miller, my current head coach, actually – like knew my YouTube channel. And like, that's how I got the job here. Um, Cause I moved and all of a sudden was like, I was looking at highlight videos of nearby schools and was like, they run my offense. Like, this is great. Uh, but there were some terminology things that we had differently. So like my first year, the whole time I had to like take my terminology, translate it, and then make sure I told the kids the right thing. And, I, and I, the whole time I'm sitting there, I was like, the kids must think I'm an idiot. Because I have to like overthink everything to not right. confuse them. So why the flex bone? Like why should somebody run the flex bone or option, I should say, too? Like it's more, more option. It's not wing T. It's, you know, I know it's option, Paul Johnson stuff, which he's a great coach. He should be coaching still, but we'll get – that's another, another thing. Um, Cause I'm a spread guy. So I like the spread. Um, but why a flex bone? So on the pro flex bone side, I'm very, just the big fan of option football. Um, especially if you're a young team an undersized team, underdeveloped team, maybe don't have a great weight program. Right. So you're constantly against D one kids with not D one kids. Um, and then at a, at a basic level, it made sense to me, uh, the like, if then play calling of like, okay, like we want to run triple we're going to run triple every play. And then based on however, then we're going to run it until they stop it. And however they stop it, we're going to have an answer for that. And like that very much made sense in my head. Um, and the fact that in essence, it boils down to like, six plays and we can run them out of a bunch of different formations. Um, so does it make you, so are you a guy that hates the spread then? Because I'm going to get into, you see the Twitter thing. So like Twitter, for example, Twitter's a great thing, but over the years it's gotten less, but there was a point in time there a couple of years ago where if you're a spread guy and you post anything about spread, you saw these dinosaur wing T guys or whoever come out of the woodwork. And they're like attacking each other. Now there's sometimes people are just poking to have fun. I'll do that too. Like I might do it here and there now. Like I'm going to poke fun at it, but it's not, it's a good offense. I like watching it. Offense is offense. So why do people hate each other? Why is like triple option winty hate the spread? 
why do spread teams sometimes turn back on them? <sighs> I think it's a, it's almost like an innovation issue, right? Like, you know what you grew up in and like, you know, what you played in as a player probably impacts how you coached, who you coached with when you started coaching, like you drive that system. And if it works, you don't have a whole lot of reason to change it. So one of the nice things about offense, right? Like you can score points a lot of different ways, whether you throw the ball, run the ball, kick the ball, like whatever you're doing, like all you have to do is score points. And, you know, as we, you know, spread becomes more exciting, if you've got better athletes, if you've got a D1 quarterback, right? Like if you can sling the ball around, uh, but that's also hard to do when you're playing when it's below freezing, you know? So there's, there's this whole back and forth. And like, at the end of the day, like we still get to watch football and coach football. Like who cares? <laughs> right. Um, I, I like to put guys on the spot like that because I think of that stuff. One coach said it's because people hate change. They don't want to see things change. They're, they're so tunnel visioned that they don't like to see things change or go away from what they think is right. And my thought, my thinking is, let's say my offense coordinator comes up to me and says, hey, we're going to try to do buck sweep stuff. We're going to try to run Gus's, Gus's stuff from Auburn. I'm going to call a wing tee guy or somebody and say, okay, how do you guys block buck sweep i want to learn that and then flip side if they said hey how do you run mesh or shallow or something i'm going to try to help them out and i don't see that all the time i think there's coaches out there that do help each other but then when you see that it's like they're not going to help each other out they're so tunnel vision i think it's the one-to-one -one, right like as a coach like if someone asks me like coaches email me all the time and they like ask for my help. And I'm like, absolutely. Like mm -hmm. it doesn't, it, I don't care what you're running. Like if you're going to ask my help, I'm going to help you. Whereas it's easier as like just a, a broad base. Like, no, nope, I'm just going to like make fun of all spread teams. Like maybe publicly you do that, but I don't really, it's not like there's no team in right. that. And like, we can all get together and like make fun of soccer. Like I don't, also it's just Twitter. Coaching Twitter is ridiculous in general. Well, like, I use it for positivity. Like this, for example, this was positive. Like, hey, let's do a podcast. You do your thing. It's positive. Mm -hmm. um, guys sharing stuff out. That's positive. And then I, and then there's some, it's gotten less. This was a couple of years ago where I can't remember what, what college football teams were playing. And it's kind of started it. I just saw a lot of people saying like, you're soft, you're soft because you run the spread. And I'm like, no, that's not like, there's a school here in Illinois, um, Rochester, Illinois, that by Springfield, they've won eight of the last 10 state championships. They, they won five in a row, took a year off, won two in a row, took a year off, and won again. And he runs the spread. Now, there's times where he runs the ball like crazy. There's times where they pass the ball like crazy. It just says on who he has. Right. It's all personnel dependent. And... I think that's why he likes the spread and I like the spreads because he was able to adjust it. Like, oh, this year I have a run team. So I'm going to bring an H back down, a hand down tight end. We're going to run the ball. Sometimes he had these twins. I'll never forget. It was like 2014. He had these twins. They were both 6'4 and could run. So he was going to pass the ball a little bit. And so he adjusted it pretty well. And so when people say you can't win a state title or win games with the spread, I'm like, Rochester did it. And they only have 600, 700 kids in their school. So 
Yeah, and I think you, you can win with anything. Well, that's, see, I'm getting off topic. I just heard people say that. And I'm like, you can win with whatever. Look at Alabama. They were a pro-style team, and now they're going spread, and they're still winning. It's because they have the dudes. So, I, I just uh, – shoot, I just saw a tweet, and it was some, you know, some historical article – but, you know, a football team in the early 1900s um, ran zero offensive plays. They punted the ball on first down and then won the game because they recovered two fumbles in the end zone. You're like, that, that's a way you can win a game. <laughs> I think there, there was a few, like, NFL or college games where it was really snowy, and they're like, screw it, we're just, like, punting on first down. Like, someone could run the numbers and say, hey, that's how you win games. <laughs> if I went to my head coach and said that, he'd punch me in the face, I think. But he's the defensive guy, so maybe not. I don't know. Um, so, I want you, you might have done a podcast with him. It was Coach Sheffer on his armchair yeah. podcast. He may have asked. I don't know if he's put the episode out there. I'm always on his doing the program profiles. <sighs> and we did one, and he might have asked you this question. So, if he does, I apologize because I just thought of it. We did one. It was who should run the triple option in college. So... And I was the spread guy. Everybody on there, they like their wing T stuff. I'm the spread guy. So I had to sit there and take a lot of abuse. And I had to sit there and listen. And so I poked fun and said, just run the spread. But I really enjoy Navy's offense. I enjoy Army's offense. I enjoyed Paul Johnson. I love Paul Johnson's offense. Loved it. So if a college football team had to do that, who should it be? And should they hire you know, the Munkins of the world. And, and I know Munkins family, they're all here in Illinois. So I oh, know yeah. a lot of them. Um, before you answer that, um, in Charleston, there's a guy named Bill Munkin. He coached Charleston way back when. Uh, at Army, that's his nephew. His family is from Peoria in Illinois. And he went to Illinois State. So most of them, and then his cousins coach up here in the suburbs. There's a ton of them all over the place. Really? And guess what they all run? They all run the wing T option or the pistol stuff. So all I heard in Charleston when I was the OC was, hey, look at what Georgia Southern's doing, because one of them was at Georgia Southern. And then one went to the NFL. They're like, you need to run this. And that's all I heard was run the pistol this, this and that. So anyway, if people want to talk to the Monkins, I got connections. We can maybe make it happen. I might um, take you up on that. <laughs> you may have to give me a while to send some messages and Fair enough. Because I've never talked to him. I just talked to the family. But I can maybe sneak something in there. So should a team – if there's a team that needs to switch to that for them to have success, who should it be? And should those coaches get a chance to go division – or like a bigger division one? So I'll, I'll, start, I'll start broad uh, and work my way in. Uh, is I, like I think it's a – it's a great offense, especially like if you're looking at a power five team, uh, anyone that's not a traditional blue blood, anyone that has been below 500 for a long time, someone that is constantly losing out on recruiting battles for either like in-state kids that they should be keeping or just in general, like having trouble competing. So like Kansas always comes to mind. Um, Oregon state comes to mind someone like a Rutgers or a Northwestern here locally, um, Vanderbilt. Uh, and beyond that, like 
any G5 FCS, right? Like at that level, you can get away with it. But where I think it becomes a trademark is instead of trying to do the same thing everyone else is doing and they have this huge head start, um, give yourself that wrinkle. Force defenses to have to prepare for you. You know, be that thorn in the side that, you know, maybe you're not a, a national title team, but hey, you have that Georgia Tech year a few years ago where like you make the Orange Bowl. Um, or, you know, you beat a Clemson, you beat a Florida State. Um, and then if you're, I mean, if you're going to do it, do it right. Uh, Arizona was going to hire uh, Coach Ken until uh, Tate, not Tate Martell, um, Khalil Tate uh, yeah, tried to say he didn't want to run an option offense, which is a shame because he then flamed out when he could have been an NFL player yeah um i think you're gonna do it do it right hire the big guys now whether coach ken and coach monken want to leave army and navy no idea um but i'm sure someone might open up the the checkbook i think the hardest part is probably convincing donors and administration be like hey it's gonna look different and that's okay (laughs) yeah um because we talked about that on that podcast and I think it was nice that I was on there because we go back and forth. That's what scares people is are they going to lose donors? Cause Oh, you're not running Clemson stuff. You're not running Alabama. You're not doing Mike Leach. You're not doing this. And then they're going to say, well, army has success and Navy has success because they don't play anybody. But army was right there with Michigan. Army was right there with Oklahoma. Like, I know it hurts you about the Michigan thing, but I mean, does look at my because I saw that I was like I had to bring that up. Oh um, yeah. Like, Army's glad Michigan still won the game, but Army was right there. Yeah. And after Munkin, after Munkin's halftime speech, I was like, oh, yeah, Michigan's in trouble. Yeah, we were, and that was after we had scheduled Air Force twice in the last decade or so. Mm-hmm. Um. It's uh, we we had a, I think similar to what you were saying about uh, you know getting people on board. Our our former athletic director, you know, right before a game or something like that, went to our head coach uh, and was like, "Oh hey, like we should really spread it out four and five wide." And my head coach just looked at him and he's like, "No, <laughs> like the, the team you're talking about has a five star quarterback." Uh, we don't have that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. No, I think uh, it's got to be a smaller power five, like you said, like a Vanderbilt's going to make the, the push. What else what are they going to lose? We said that on that podcast. Like, what is a team like that going to lose? They're already losing. Right. Yeah, they were kind of close to LSU, but LSU was so down this year that can't explain it. Well, and this year just doesn't count in general. I don't it's really COVID think. It's COVID year. It's COVID year. Um I see a Vanderbilt maybe doing it. I don't know about Northwestern. I said they could, but they have a good coach there. Maybe they do. Because a couple years ago, I'm an Illinois fan, unfortunately, because I grew up 20 minutes from the campus. They had that quarterback in Northwestern a couple years ago where they ran their pistol stuff. Shieldhouse? Well, that was at Illinois. Um, at Northwestern, they had Oh, the oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, at Illinois, we had Zook as the head coach, but – we were running a pro-style option thing. But we beat Ohio State in 2007 when they were number one in the nation. 
So I still hold on to that from 2007. Is it Richard Mendenhall? Was he was the that? running back, yeah. Yeah, in that era. Uh, ben was the tight end and wide receiver. Um, Juice oh, yeah. Williams was the quarterback. Mm, um, yeah. And we you, beat, got, uh, you got us one of those years. And then we beat Baylor, too, in a bowl game that year. We beat um, Robert Griffin III. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we went down. Now Lovey's trying to get it back slowly. He's taking his time. But it's Illinois, so... Hey, we, we're, they're getting brand new facilities. Everything is in construction. So they're trying to catch up to Michigan and Ohio State to the world, which is not going to happen, but they're trying. I, you know? I think I've made two or three visits to Champaign for football games. I've always had a good time. Oh, it's a great time for going out and stuff, but right, oh, it's a basketball place. It's, it's basketball. Um, but like Northwestern could pull it off. They had a quarterback that could do it. I just can't remember his name, but they could maybe do. I think a Vanderbilt or Northwestern could pull it off because Northwestern has such – it's hard to recruit there, I think, because it's such a high academic place, and so is Vanderbilt. I think they could Stanford do is usually the other one I put on that list, but they're, they've been doing mid, middle of the road with David Shaw. Oh, that they'll never get away from that pro style, you know, play sheet that's this big, and which I don't know how – but it is. Well, and David Shaw, David Shaw's an offensive guy, isn't he? Yeah, like North, uh, Northwestern has a chance because Fitzgerald's defense. Yeah, so they could. I mean, if, if I think Northwestern would probably run like the pistol stuff. I think that's what they would go to. They wouldn't do the under center stuff. They would go to a um, like like Georgia Southern when Munkin was there. They were doing more pistol stuff. Then he got to Army, went back to the under center stuff. I think they could do it. And they kept telling me Illinois, and I said, don't bring that evil on me. Leave Lovey Smith alone. They could, right? Like, they're – I think they have – Illinois has more history than, like, the other ones football-wise, but it's – I think it's a harder sell at, like, a huge state university where donations play into things. Well, Lovey's problem was he brought that pro style with him when he first got there. Ran it for two years, and I was like, this is not going to work in the Big Ten unless I am Iowa or Wisconsin. And you're you're not Iowa or Wisconsin. (laughs) No. So they've gone through so many offensive coordinators. They've switched their offense every time he's been there. Last year when we went to the bowl game, it's because the offense stayed the same for two years. Yeah, it's amazing how much consistency does for a program. Right. So for you, are you more of an under center flex bone? Is that your favorite thing? Or would – what do you think when you see people do the spread option stuff? Does that work? Which one works better? So I think I am more traditionalist um, of like under center. And it's just, that's where like the, the like if then connections, like I know how the defense is going to line up. I know how I can attack things. Like as soon as you start drifting like into pistol, like as soon as the defense is going to change that, like I'm not as comfortable. So it's not something I'm going to work with. Um, we did go pistol at my first school, um, and we also had some good athletes, so that helps to an extent. Um, but it's fun watching, you know, the Chip Kellys and the Malzans of the world, and be like, "Hey, that's like my stuff, just flashier mm-hmm. with bigger athletes." And, and then, you know, D one linemen, which most high schools don't have, right? Um... Because there's some old school guys that's under center all the time. They can't watch the, the pistol stuff. I like both. 
we play, I coached against a pistol one, and they did a lot of misdirection. They did the Statue of Liberty on us that game. Oh, it was a couple years ago. I'll never forget that from that pistol on balance wing stuff. I, I like watching it. My biggest thing as a coach is you have to have a center that can either pistol shotgun snap and under center snap. So, like, if you're trying to go back and forth, that's tough. Um, and I've found it, it's like one more thing that goes wrong, right? With like a pistol or a shotgun snap, which at the end of the day is probably why I lean more under center. Yeah, I wouldn't go both. Like, that's why I coached. I was offensive coordinator in a uh, pro style, and I had to go back and forth a lot, and I didn't like that. I knew the next year we were going to shift towards a spread. So you saw me as the year went on. I kept just lining up and shotgun. More spread. But those first three or four games, it bothered me to do both. Now, I understand that there's times – I know Wing T guys sometimes they have a shotgun package where it's just – he's just going to back up because it's a situation. But 98% of the time, they're under center. Yeah. Um, I, funny story. I was uh, in quarantine. I was watching my high school back in Rochester, Michigan – uh, they flip back and forth between a full like four and five wide spread and a full house T three running back formation, like play by play. I was like, why? <laughs> why not just get good at one thing? Well, that's why I, I do like the triple option and I like the air rate because it's systems that they focus on that. People can people are posting things about Mike Leach already. I'm like, you gotta give that time. But because me and my, my friend who and I do this college football recap show, we played football together, but he doesn't coach. So it's kind of cool. I come from the coach's side of it. He's going to come from the fan side. And he asked me, he said, Costello is struggling right now. He's thrown seven interceptions in the last like two games. So why does Mike Leach not just go start running the ball? It, like he's not prepared for that. Why is he not running the ball? And I said, that's not what he does. That's not his system. He'd rather practice the stuff they're going to do. He's Phil Jackson. He's going to let them play through it and not call a timeout. You know, Phil Jackson did not want to call a timeout in basketball. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. O'Reilly Auto Parts specializes in keeping your car on the road. Not sure how much life is left in your battery? Our professional parts people will test it for free. If it does need to be replaced, we'll help you find just the right one to fit your car. Our superstar batteries are built to handle even the toughest conditions. Visit O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mike Leach is going to let him play through it. And I think that's the same thing with triple option. If they're making good reads, you know, this is happening, which you know more than I do. I haven't coached it in a, in a while, but you just kind of play through it. It's like, don't switch to something because then your playbook's going to turn this big. If you're like, I got to be prepared for the pass, but if it's not working, be prepared for the run. And a coach said something interesting to me the other day. He goes, you don't go into the game saying the pass isn't going to work or the run isn't going to work. You don't go to the game thinking it's not going to work. You're going and it's going to work. So don't fall, go do something you don't do. I think it's being able to practice for those moments and knowing what your 
counter punches that like, Hey, if this isn't working, here are things within the framework of what we do, um, to maybe, you know, open it up or do something different. Maybe it's a trick play, but it's not going from, you know, flex bone under center to, you know, shotgun five wide from one week to another, which I think people do. That's why the pro style, I like it a little bit, but me personally, I'm like, it's one or the other. It's under center eye formation where I run power and lead or spread power lead. I don't know. It's got to be one or the other. Um, trying to do the wide zone under center, Steelers do it. That's why they made me do it. They were like, Steelers do it. We can do it. I'm like, we're a 4A high school in Illinois. We're not going to run, turn and try to do this wide zone with like the Steelers do. Oh, my, my, my first couple of years coaching, you know, it, we'd all watch football all weekend. Monday, we'd all have plays drawn up in our notebook. Like, oh, we watched, you know, the Falcons do this. Like, oh, we're going to motion a wide receiver and he's going to go underneath the line of scrimmage. And you're like, or you could just spend that time in practice getting good at what you should be good at. <laughs> right. I'll never forget. Um, one time we were on a Thursday walkthrough. The guy doing offense said, hey. I saw the Chiefs do this on Monday Night Football. Let's do this and installed it on a Thursday walkthrough. Let's get into a double stack and then do this because it's kind of what we do. And I was like, it is not what we do because they're the Kansas City Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes and Sammy Watkins. Like, this is not what. So we installed it. We did not run it that game. And I said, that was a waste of time. Um. Have you ever read Brian Billick's book? Um, I'm blanking on what the title is, but it's about like play calling and playbook philosophy. No, I don't think I have. I, I recommend it because he literally has a formula and basically says like, hey, if, if you, you can have all these plays, but if you don't call them in a game, what's the point? So he's like, here's how you trim down your playbook. Here's like what you should take with you. Like once I read that and I was like, Oh, I don't need to have new plays every week after watching games. Like that doesn't actually help. That just right. confuses kids. Yeah. Um, coach Kurt Hines, who people know on Twitter, he was on my podcast and he's no more for motivational speaking, but I got him to talk a little offense. And he said, their playbooks like this big. He's like, it's, it's gotta be simple. And he said, now they'll change things in the off season. So like, they might have done this last year, but then they tweak it in the offseason. He goes, but once we get to the season, this is it. Now you can make tags and whatever. He said, now if a coach comes to me and says, hey, there's this play that fits into our system, he'll look at him and say, okay, which one are we taking out? Yeah, he, doesn't want to fall, he doesn't want to fall into that. We're going to add to it because it's going to turn into this. Yeah, kind of, kind of the same idea. Yeah, and so that's why I like doing this podcast stuff. It's so, the guy is so simple but I don't think about it until you say, I'm like, oh, that, that clicked. I don't know why. Maybe it's quarantine. It's quarantine brain trying to come out. I, I don't know. Because this is free therapy, so it's... You're telling me you don't charge by the hour. I should start charging. <laughs> I'm trying to get Bang Energy drinks to sponsor. I could get that Bang Energy right there. And Oh, man. Some... Coach... I was like, someone, someone uh, replied to me on Twitter of them in the, you know, the, the coaching box on Friday night with an energy drink. I'm like, ah, someone else that likes to pound energy drinks in the box. It's my go-to. Yeah, that Coach Sheffer, we, we joke, one coach drinks Mountain Dew all the time on there. And then I had a bang energy one time. <laughs> and we said, we get both of them to sponsor. 
And he goes, I don't drink that stuff. I said, send it to me. Send all those bang energy drinks to me. I got you. I'll drink them during Zoom classes and remote learning. Oh. Just uh, just get the fake like can holder, right? Like drink whatever you want. And just put it in the, the fake can. Those big Yeti ones is what I'll go. Just put it in there. Like we're fine. Mm. But then some of the teachers are like, Steve, is that a beer? No, don't worry about what I'm doing. Yes. <laughs> and I can't, I, I'm in the building. You're in school. Oh, oh. shoot. Yeah. yeah. I guess that's public school. <laughs> yeah. Public school, we have a little different, a little different rules than you private schools. And yeah. you're in your own little world out there. It, it's my first time being exposed to it as a person or a coach. So it, I'm still learning. What's the difference between private and public? Um, man. So I, where I coached in Madison uh, was Madison West, uh, like the seventh or eighth biggest school in the state. Um, and Madison, you know, it was, you had your, it was like city and UW people. Um, There's like a, a good mix. You know, it's a huge school for the area. Um, then to go to, well, and you're doing a lot of like life coaching. Um, you know, Mike, I tell my players now, I was like, I've coached players that have had play or <laughs> players that have had players, players that have had kids. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, how do you manage that? Like I've coached players that have had like ankle monitoring bracelets. Like, how do you deal with that? Um, kids that have hunger issues, gang issues, drug issues, parent issues. And like, you spend so much time on that. Um, which as a coach, like you love, that's what you want to do. Um, where the football almost becomes secondary. Um, and then at the private school, it's, you know, you have resources, you have support, you have very engaged parents. Um, we have very nice turf facilities. Um, if we want something, we, you know, make a request and like most of the time they say yes. Mm-hmm. Thanks for that, by the way, if they're, you're watching. <laughs> Please keep doing that. Um, we like take our kids to camp. Like if we, you know, we can go to Glazer clinics. Um, the resources are very nice. Um, but then also there is that, that donor, that um, stewardship angle of like our press box has a name on it. Like our scoreboard has a name on it. And like you have to, like when you hear names, you're like, oh, or they're like, this player is so-and-so's great-great-grandson. And you're like, okay, noted. Yep. Not that that uh, impacts coaching decisions, but like just you have to know. No, it's it's fine. Uh, when I was at Charleston, we went and played a private school, Quincy, Notre Dame, out in Quincy, Illinois. It was a nice four-hour bus ride. And they had just gotten their new facilities. And I, like you said, the concession stand had a name on it. The press box had a name on it. On the field, they had their sponsors who donated the money on the turf. And I'd never seen that before. And I was like, oh, we're at a private school. It's not the suburbs, it's quad cities. And I'm like, oh. And then I came up to the suburbs. The first private school I went and watched was um, Immaculate Conception in Elmhurst. And they're good. And it's the same thing. Like, you see the names on there. Um, looks like they have new stuff all the time, but they've won three or four straight state titles, so that also helps. And you have a coach for the coach for the coach, kind of thing. It's uh, there's also it's you know not officially right, but like there's 
the, the school recruits. Um, and so like, there are these families that are very, you know, they have tradition, you know, you coaches are like going to eighth grade games. Like at one time I walked around and there's five high school coaches all in their high school stuff, like doing the rounds of this eighth grade game. And it's like uh anchor man, like in the alleyway where everyone's kind of staring at each other. And you're like, we can't actually say anything mean right now, but we would. Um, and they're like, oh, that, that kid's a third generation legacy at this school. So like, don't talk to him. And they're like, but this one like dislikes the coach at the school. So you should go talk there. Like this school has a former like Heisman trophy runner up uh, as a coach. And you're just like, this is insane. And then it's like, your tuition is more than I paid for college. Like by double. <laughs> mm-hmm. I always wonder how recruiting went for a private high school. Because I, I don't know how it works. But I know in Chicago land, it's like a 50-mile radius of like this kid could go to this. I don't know about Chicago, like in the city, but like the suburbs. Someone told me that it was like 40 or 50-mile radius. I, I have no idea. And I, I know like our school has kids that come from like other states. Like people come over from like Indiana to go there. Like none on our football team, but like that happens. Um, and private schools are just like its own thing. So it's, you sort of know what you have coming in. Um, So there's that weird recruiting aspect, but not like officially recruiting because you can't. And it's not like, well, we can't offer scholarships. Um, I don't think that's the case across the board. Um, We we can ask nicely and like, like put a little heart next to a kid's name. They're like, please admissions, maybe consider them. Um, but very quickly, they're like, no, he doesn't have the test scores. And you're like, all right, we'll shoot. <laughs> I remember we played West Aurora a couple years ago. And this kid was getting recruited, I think, by Michigan, actually. He's a nose guard. And he was a big boy. That was the toughest football game we, I've ever been around. We won we won 17 to 13. The quarterback was getting recruited, Big Ten. The nose guard was getting recruited, Big Ten. At, uh, West Aurora two years ago. And then last year, he, the kid was going to be a senior. Senior year goes to Brother Rice just for that one year because he wanted to win a state title. And then karma hit them, and I don't think they won the state title. But it was going to help his recruiting, he said, they said, and then, like, he wanted the state title. Instead of staying at the public school, he went to the private school. And, like, that's where people get frustrated. They're like, well, how does that work? And he got recruited there. I'm like, that coach just probably said, hey, we win. See ya. And that's probably what got him. Yeah, honestly – and in, in Aurora, like there's Marmion is there. Um, Michigan has had a few players or a few brothers come through there. Um, I, I don't know. It's tough. I mean, I, I was never that good at football where I would like transfer schools to try to get recruited. But like, I get it. If you think you have a better chance there, I, I hope it's like for genuine reasons. And like the kid is making the best decision for them as a person and not like being pushed there by parents or other reasons. But during quarantine, like when they said Illinois was stopping uh, football, people were all on Twitter and freaking out. They're like, Oh, our kid's going to go transfer to schools in Indiana to go play in the fall. And you're like, people would do that. Like they did. We had two kids leave, man. You had the quarterback from uh, Nazareth or whatever go to well, JJ McCarthy. Yeah, yeah, he left. 
you, we, I know some kids that went to Iowa. I know some kids that went to Indiana. As IMG Academy is a little bit different. Well, right, but that's kind of what started. You saw that, and then all of a sudden it was, I'm going to go to Indiana. I'm going to go to Iowa. Um, we had two kids go do that, and I'm like, my parents would never do that, ever. Never. Like, you're going to stick it out and see what happens. Like, you have to uplift your life to go do that. Yeah, my my parents didn't love me that much. Mine loved me enough to say, here's your meal. We're not moving. Yeah. All right, I'm taking a lot of your time, so I'm going to move it along. See, I get off topic, but it's fine. Um, see, I forgot what I was going to say. So when, you, when you're talking about your offense and everything, is Army and Air Force only ones you watch? Or is there other teams you root for? Anything like that? So obviously, like, totally not coaching-related, like, Michigan's my team. Um Due to doing these like breakdown videos, like Army Navy, um, you know, I want them to do well because I honestly, when when they're when the offense is good, the videos are fun to make. When the offense isn't good, they're not fun to make. <laughs> um, and then with that, like I've done a few um, Kennesaw State videos. Uh, I haven't done any like Eastern New Mexico stuff, but they've been um, pretty active in the space. Uh, Harding. Um, I don't know. I cheer for all flexbone teams, just option teams in general. I don't know anyone that's really like bringing out old school wing T, but that's as long as it, Johnson. yeah, as long as it's not Ohio State. I hate Ohio State. Michigan fans and Illinois fans hate Ohio State. I think everyone hates Ohio State. And. People ask me why, and I'm like, because I live in Illinois, and we're not very good at football, and they are. There's just yeah. something about them I don't – I don't know. And I hate Indiana, too, but I have to. It's just like by right. It's the same way, it's just like we hate Michigan State because that's just what it is. Well, uh, we, should hate, we should hate Northwestern, but I don't. I actually don't mind Northwestern. It's the Hoosiers. Northwestern is just like – they're there, like, cool. Like, if you have a good year, great. Like, if you lose to them, no Northwestern fans are going to, like, rub your face in it. No, they're, they're studying. They're out doing their homework. And... and and they know the next 10 years, like, they don't want that to come back to them. There's, like, a, a mutual respect there. Then there's Illinois. We just go down Green Street and do whatever. That's what we do. Yeah. it's. I mean, that's why the Big Ten is fun. Besides Rutgers, they need to go. Oh, they're not. They're, they're just there for the TV contract. They're there for the contract and that nice cushy game for the Michigans and Ohio States of the world. It's supposed to be cushy, right? But hey, one, one year they're going to be good and you're going to be like, damn it. Like, why did we do this again? Is, is Jim Harbaugh going to figure it out soon? I think so. This is, I think this is the year it's make or break is such a cliche, but like he's been there a while. He has his players. Everyone is talking up Joe Milton. Um, we've got a good staff there. I hope so. Like we've turned out a lot of really good NFL talent recently. Like hopefully that helps them in recruiting. So 
God, I like, I want him to be there forever. I want there to be a statue of him outside of the big house. Like I just, I've, I've had a few bad, they feel like bad breakups or like bad relationships with like past coaches. And you're like, it just wears on you. And like a coaching search, like, I don't want to have to go through coaching rumors again. I don't want to have to have like, Oh, Hey, they're hiring less miles. Nope. Just kidding. Like it's, uh, well, the scary part for Michigan is like, who the hell else are we going to get? Like, right. who else is out there? Who else are we going to pay? Like, I don't know. And Urban Meyer already coached at Ohio State, so he's not going to go there. Yeah. And he's going to go to Notre Dame when Kelly leaves. That's what's going to happen. 100%. That's what he's waiting on. Kelly going to the NFL because it's rumored for like an assistant job or something, and then he'll bounce over. That, that would be peak 2020. Yeah. That, that might be one of the like seven signs of the apocalypse. Like that's no one wants that. Nope. I hope, I hope they beat Ohio state this year. Are they playing this year? I think they are. We're, we're still, we're two and a half or a week and a half away from big 10 football. I haven't gotten, I haven't let myself get too excited about it yet. Well, cause Illinois plays Wisconsin first. So that's revenge game. Cause we beat them last year. Hmm. Oh, that's right. Field goal. So we're going to Wisconsin, mm. but I don't think there's any fans. So there's no jump around and all that. I don't think it's going to end up too well for you. I was kind of hoping it would. I don't know. It, it might. Again, 2020 doesn't count, and who knows what's going to happen. I think that's the fun part. At least we're not the Pac-12. That's all I'm – yeah, I 100% agree. I was kind of hoping Mike Leach would go to Illinois one day, but that's not happening now. I, I think Mississippi State's a ridiculous place for him to end up. Well, he would go to Kentucky. That's where he wants to go. But since he already went to Mississippi State, I don't think he's going to – he stays at places too long. Texas Tech 10 years, Washington State 8 years. He's going to stay there. He's not going to leave till he feels like it's in a good place. But I don't know where else he's going to go. This is – he might end his career there. He might. Or – the thing is, is, like, they can't pay him. Like, if he has great – you know, turns in two or three 10-win seasons, they, they're not going to be able to afford to keep him in Starkville. I don't know where else he would go. Some big – right. Some, some big program that has enough money that's not afraid of a few tweets – Maybe Texas. That's actually Maybe. who I was thinking of. He'll probably slip over. They got the money. They want Urban Meyer real bad, but I don't think he's going to. And they wanted Nick Saban. They were trying to offer Nick Saban some big money a couple years ago, and Nick Saban's agent told Alabama, you pay us this, or we're going to Texas, which he wasn't going, but. No. Which, but like, Texas should be good every year. There's no excuse for Texas not to be good. No, they, they have the money. They have the facilities. They have the recruiting. The, the five-star athletes in your state. They, and I don't like Oklahoma. I just like Lincoln Riley, though, but I hate Oklahoma. Uh, so prior question, I do slightly root for Oklahoma because my brother-in-law went there. Uh, and so, I just like Lincoln Riley. I just don't like Oklahoma. I don't, I don't like Spencer Rattler, though. No, I don't either. At, ever since I watched QB1, I can't really yes. do it. Nobody knows. I'm like, don't they know he's on that show? And they go, what show? And I'm like, you need to go mm. watch it. I watched it during quarantine. I found it. And I was like, what's this? 
it's a little creepy, especially as a coach. I'm like, I wouldn't want camera crews following around my 18 year old players. Like that sounds like a horrible idea. If I'd be freaking out. Um, I had a coach from last chance you on. Hey, when you at independence mm. and I asked him, he's not a, he's not on there talking. He was kind of in the back. And I said, what was that like? He goes, my social anxiety was through the roof because the microphone was there. The camera was there. Like you couldn't go to the bathroom without a camera being around. And I was like, Jesus, imagine being a high school kid doing that. Well, and I mean, high school kids, one thing, even as a coach, like the things that I say, or like, you know, I can't imagine trying to like prepare for a game, like get the technology set up, do all this. And all the same time, like tripping over cords and having to deal with like a camera in my face. Especially during the game, like calling a play or doing something, you turn around and bang, it's right there. Like, I yeah. would freak out and throw it. I'd be like, get that out of my face. I couldn't do it. Um, you, need, you need your own, like, get back coach who, like, manages the cords. I would love that job. You give me, like, 50000 a year. I don't care. I don't, it's not like a lot. You give me 50000 a year, I'll be somebody's get back guy. Yeah, I, I would take that in a heartbeat. It would make me stay in shape, and I would be your get back guy. <laughs> like, it's someone says, even Nick Saban. And Origin is a uh, big Eddie. He's the only one I may not because he's a big dude. He's the only one. With his four energy drinks a day, I don't know if I'm going to. Yeah, he's a big guy. See him run with his shirt off on that preview. I was like, he's a big guy. Yeah. I think he still like goes in like benches with the team too. Like he's like a good old boy meathead. I think they said he puts three or four plates on and he goes in there and benches it. And he's like, the day I can't do this, it's the day, the day I'm going to stop. Like, um, all right, one question I have, and then we can start wrapping up because I've taken so much time. I just get off, start talking. Um, one debate, I, not a debate. When I was on that show with Coach Sheffer, I said they asked me, "Why do you like the spread?" And I said, "Well, I feel like I can have a spread team if I have the athletes. I could do air raid stuff. If I come in, I have guys that can run the ball. I don't have a quarterback that can sling it." It's easier for me to compact it back down that year, I guess. Like, I could do that. I feel like I'd rather do that than be triple option wing team and then try to spread it out. And so then one of the questions was, I always feel like if I'm in the spread or something like that, I have the opportunity to come back. So, for example, um, I was at East Aurora last year. We were, had to play Glombard East, the school I just left. We were down 21 nothing in the second quarter. And we ran North Central College's type of stuff. Like, you have your H back and your tight end, but we could spread it out. We stopped them since we were able to be a spread and move the ball. Now it's 21-7. We get an interception. Now it's 20. Then we go down scoring four plays. It's 21-14. We stop them again. We're passing it. Now it's 21-21. I feel like if I was in a wing tee or whatever, that's harder to do to come back. And so Navy proved me wrong against Tulane not too long ago. So how would you react to me saying that? Like, you don't go into the game thinking you're going to be down and have to come back anyway. But in a wing T triple option thing, what is in your mind when it's 21 nothing or 28 nothing? Like, how do you come back? Funny enough, I actually brought up that Navy two-lane game on, like, a Reddit thread, and people, like, jumped down my throat, and they're like, one instance where it worked doesn't make it true. And I was like, okay, fine, sorry. Uh <laughs> But to answer your question, you know, in a perfect world as a coach, right? I'm not down 21 nothing. Right. Uh, you know, we've prepared defense does it, special teams does it. You know, sometimes, you know, you get 
a bounce doesn't go your way, a drop snap, uh, you know, whatever it is. Like things can go wrong, right? Down 21 nothing. I would argue if I'm not moving the ball on the ground, I'm definitely not moving it through the air. Um, however, if I'm running fairly well, there are enough play action passes, screens, you know, you can throw in your gadget play here and there. Um, just anything to kind of light that spark. And then you're like, oh, once it's a two-score game, you're like, we're back in it. Like, you just need one. Um, you know, you, you can't score 21 points in a play. Like, just get one. And then play from there. You know, you never know if you're going to get a big special teams play, a big defensive play. Like, just focus, like, one drive at a time. Right. And it's the same thing for us. It's funny you say that because that's what happened to us. Just because we were a spread team, we stopped, then we score, and then we get an interception. And now, all of a sudden – we come down and score, it's 21-14, then we do it again. Like, we had two interceptions in a row, now it's 21-21. Now we're back. Um, just me, I just feel comfortable in a spread because we can do that. Um, but it goes back to if you're an under-center guy and you're running the ball and you're down 21 nothing, don't just start chucking it because that's not what you do. Exactly. Or if you chuck it a few times, have if, they're, if, if you're any good at it, like, if you're going to throw it and they back the defense off, to open up more running like okay maybe um but yeah just trusting it and making sure the players trust it because that's going to be the biggest thing they're like we can't come back and you're like shut up <laughs> do what you're supposed to do See, let I me think this, about i asked this question to help you you uh triple option guys out i'm actually trying to help you guys out here you know to sell that because i like getting debates like that's my first thought is how do you come back and then I learned something when you guys answer that, like, oh, you know, that makes sense. And now I've learned something. Um, yeah, I think it's it's funny because a lot of people are like, well, what happens if it's third and long? Like the, def the offense isn't good at third and long. And I was like, no offense is good at third and long. Like you don't want to be on third and long. No, <laughs> so. no. Even if you're an air raid team, like if it's third and 10, you're still going to have a hard time getting that even if you run wide cross it's still gonna be you're gonna run draw probably instead like it's just what's gonna happen like there are run plays that like will call on third and nine right like right. you're expecting us to throw so we know what we can run um and like hey if you, look, paul johnson when i used to watch georgia tech games is like notorious at this he's like i'm not gonna force it like i'm just gonna call my plays and like i might punt three straight times but like I'll get you on one of them. Yeah, one of them, they're not going to pay attention to the fullback or whatever, and he's going to take off, or they're going to tackle him, and that quarterback's gone. It's just what happened. I've been doing uh, unofficial consulting. Like, coaches have reached out and be like, hey, coach, can you watch our film that are, like, playing now? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I can. I would love to. <laughs> And I'm sitting there, I was like, oh, man, I wish I could call games against this, these, like, defenses. And, like, it's easy as a coach, like, when you're watching film, be like, oh, this would be wide open, which during the game you may not see, but it's fun. I wish I was doing that right now because that'd be awesome. We're just not doing any of that. Um, so what happens if in a triple option you get a quarterback one day in a public school? I know private school is a little different. Public school, what if you get a quarterback that comes in and he can just sling it? 
that off season, would you ever, would you as a coach or any of the, the staff ever adapt to, we're not going to spread out. We're still going to do our stuff. Or are you going to try to incorporate more drop back passes? Cause you have a kid that can sling it. Or are you going to stick to what you do? Like yeah. 100%. We actually just graduated a quarterback that was a little bit more prototypical, you know, taller kid, good arm, um, you know, wasn't as fast, but like we, we made that trade-off um, of like, can you get us the yards on the ground that we need, like when we need them? But yeah, we'll we'll call more passing plays. We'll We'll open it up. I think I shoot my head coach was here. He could rattle off, you know, what our percentages run versus pass were year to year, but we've definitely threw the ball more um, with him under center than say like we do now. Cause, cause I go back to some people don't adapt. If they get a quarterback, they can sling it. They still want to do their stuff. And I'm like, I think you should adapt a little bit. Doesn't mean you go into a two by two or trips. I'm just saying like, Maybe you incorporate the stick concept from the air raid because you have a kid that can sling it. Maybe you run mesh because you have a kid that can sling it. Or, yeah. You know, that's just me. I mean, what any, do I? anyone who's watched our film knows like post wheel is my favorite route combination on earth. And it's like, yeah, we will throw it through the air 35 yards on that wheel. Um, and it's going to be open. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Where do you get all this film to break it down at? I'm trying to I steal people's film. Oh no, I I steal I rip it off of YouTube. <laughs> um, Coach Robinson, he does the Nerd Football Channel, or he used to. I had him on too, and he goes, "I have all 2022 film. If anybody wants some, they message me, and I'll give it to them." And so he's my Santa Claus for film now. I like message him. I went to Eastern Illinois when Babers was there and mm -hmm. Jimmy G. And I'm like, do you have 2012-13 Eastern film? Sends it to me. And I was like, thank you. I So I didn't realize in the coaching game that like uh, people like hoard that and they like trade it. Like someone asked me, they're like, oh, hey, I'm looking for this like, you know, Georgia Tech UNC from 2009. Like, do you have it? And I was like, no. Uh but let me see what I can do. And I like tweeted out and, and someone tweeted back. And they're like, I have it do you have anything to trade? And I was like, that's a thing? Like, He told me that. He said there's certain film that he'll share, but there's some that he just can't. I don't know because of how he got it or who gave it to him. But he could trade it. I'm like, is this Pokemon all of a sudden? Like, we were kids. Like, is this is what's happening right now? Yeah, it, it's that's exactly what it is. And to, to, like, again, don't know if this person is listening. To his credit, he still got it to me, which I'm very thankful for. Um, but it is crazy. And like people are like that with playbooks. Um, and any coach knows, right? Like I can give you my playbook, but that's really only about 25% of it. Yeah. You don't know how I'm calling it. You don't know my situations. You don't know tendencies. No, I, I'm the same type of coach. I could be like, here's my playbook. Go have fun, figure it out. Because guess what? You're going to try to spell that time practicing that rather than focus on what you're going to do. So I never understood that. Like, oh my God, they, they have our playbook. I don't care. Or like, you have to stop us. Yeah. Every so often when it comes to the video stuff, I have to think, I was like, would my head coach be mad? Like, am I giving anything away that I shouldn't? Um, and more often I'm like, am I showing kids that like, 
you know, if we have a kid who's doing really well, if it's like recent film, I was like, do I want to do that? But it, it hasn't really come up. No, I mean, I don't think there's coaches out there that care and some that don't. I wouldn't care. I think if you like terminology, like if you're a no huddle team, that's a little different. But like, yeah. if you're just going through plays, like this is how we run this or whatever. That's Again, it's all the same. We just call it different things. It comes back to all that. Um, uh, we call our, our plays with cards, right? There's like, mm-hmm. you know, an algorithm on the different cards on like how you figure out what the play is. And the kids are like, coach, like, what if someone figures it out? And I was like, it's not hard. We make the associations really easy so you idiots can learn it. Like, but what if a defensive coordinator learns? I was like, the time that it takes for someone to look at our cards, communicate it to the sideline, figure out what to change, signal that into the defense, and have them execute it isn't going to happen in 30 seconds. No, we've already ran a play and we're huddled back up trying to figure out the next one. Right. Or we've scored because the kids are looking over, like, what are they going to do? And we've already scored. And so as soon as I put it that way, they're like, oh, you're right, coach. And I was like, I know I'm right. <laughs> You're right. I know this. So what's your favorite plays out of the flex bone? What would be your top? Mid triple is – it's funny. Coach Shepard asked me the same thing. Uh, oh, man. Sorry. But his, his – his, I don't think the episode is releasing until Saturday if you want to beat him to it. Um, oh, I can release it tonight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mid triple, I think it, it – takes all the concepts it's like a nice like combination of midline and triple and you can run it in a lot of the situations and and put teams in really bad spots um and there's two linemen that you don't have to block like and we we face some like d1 caliber dns and you're like nah just stand there (laughs) we got you that was that's the great thing about me coaching option like one time we were kind of running option stuff out of spread and it was all coming back to me like, oh, we don't have to block him. Great. I don't want to block him. Or like one time I switched it and our best guy was the nose tackle. I'm like, we're not going to block him. What do you mean? We'll just read him. And that's why I like inside zone stuff because you could do that. Now that's getting complicated, but you can. Yeah. Tr- trying to teach linemen zone blocking, especially if, they've, if, if they haven't been brought up with it, is a treat. That's what's happening now is I'm the run game coordinator and I love inside zone, but their kids just can never pick it up. So he kind of wants to go away from it. And I'm like, no, we can do it now. You got me. I'm here. We can do. So the way I do inside zone and you're going to be mad at me. So he wants to do ISO, which I know is belly to everybody else in the world. It's belly. I called it belly the other day and a coach goes, what, what are you talking about? We call it ISO because we're spread, but this is the old school belly. When I run inside zone, if I don't have the athletes to just go that way and get to the backers, you know, like one-on-one, I double team a lot if I don't have the athletes. So it looks like duo or belly, just not blocking the other side, that other end. That's how stupid I am. But that's my zone. That's my inside zone. And that's why I think it's easy. It's, you know, are, are you having everyone block down or are you having everyone block play side is basically what it comes down to. And I think a lot of the older coaches are used to like, if I call, right, like a 23 dive, I'm expecting the two back to go through the three hole. And it scares people to be like, no, just 
everything's going to flow magically and the running back's just going to find the right place to go. And they're like, no. I think that's what, where I'm at now. We want to be a power team, a heavy power team, a heavy ISO and heavy. I hope I'm not giving anything away, but I don't care. You got to figure out when we're calling it, when we're running it. Um, they want to do that. They want to, I'm trying to incorporate trap because I love trap. Um, but I want to do inside zone so bad because I can do everything off of it. RPOs and the play I love that Ohio State stole from me I'm going to say where if you run like I did a YouTube thing on it too where if I call inside zone left and we did this at Lombard East if we did a tag so your left tackle left guard center right guard are all blocking inside zone left your right tackle is arc releasing to go this way so your quarterback's reading the end if he goes with that tackle he's going to keep it right behind the inside zone if that guy sits, he's going to hand it off. So now we're running behind the right tackle and the two receivers out blocking. Well, then what the problem becomes you're, you have a backer unaccounted for. Like he's not getting blocked like that Mike Becker. So we just flip the running back to that side. We motion a guy, get that guy's eyes over here. Running back goes out to block with the arc release tackle. Now we can hand it off there or go run behind the inside zone. It gets that Mike Becker's eyes looking that way and we're going to see what he does if he's going to go out that way too. And that's why like inside zone, we can get that stuff off of it. Yeah. And it, it's once you know how to block it and assuming everyone blocks it, right. Five guys doing the same thing. Like it should work, right? Like the worst running back in the world can still run forward and run to space. Well, like uh, we, we had inside zone power and trap. And so then we, he didn't want to add more plays. So you would think we get wide zone, but we didn't want to be like continuing to add. So then we were like, how do we get to the outside? That was our way to get the ball outside, but also have the threat of running inside. Like, so it was kind of like, it's kind of like power read without the polar, but that was just our way of getting to the outside. And so that's why I like inside zone, because you could do that. Now don't get me on pen and pole. That's a whole other. Yeah. That's book sweep just with zone blocking. Just, we, we got to. I'm not even going to attempt to coach that. I could, but I'm not going to attempt it. I, I put out a video I think last year or the year before, and I, I've been trying to, to lobby my head coach that I want to come out in empty uh, as a flexbone team and run what we can out of empty, right? We can motion, we can do some things and still run our core stuff just enough that teams have to prepare for it. That's true. If you do something they're not prepared for, we did that at Globard East. We ran the diamond formation. So those receivers that were down farther, we came out. That was our first play, like week five. And they were like this. And we ran, we just ran a, a what do we call it? We just ran trap. But we call it buck. So we just ran that quick trap right up the middle. We got like 12 yards out of it. And then the next play, we come out five wide all of a sudden. And now they're like, wait, what? And then we ran power and just, but like your your worst case scenario is they have to burn a timeout and then every other team that's like scouting you has to prepare for it. Right. Yeah, I mean, you're playing mind games, especially if you're winning. Like we were winning, so we were able to do that. We were four, five and zero at the time, and so we were able to do that. Yeah. The other school I was at just recently, we weren't doing that. We we're like, nope, we're sticking to what we do. Um. So, Coach, that's all I have. I took a lot of your time. We just chatted, which is, for me, that's fine. Uh, 
my wife hasn't yelled at me yet, so I think we're all right. I think we're getting close to that point, probably. Um, well, I appreciate you coming on and spending your time doing this. Um, anything you got? I know Coach Shepherd does this, so I'm going to steal it just to piss him off. Anything else you want to say at the end? Um, man, I was. He, he gave me a heads up and I like had something good. Uh, I'm, the, I'm the asshole that's not going to do that. No, it's, um, God, shoot. I have so many things. Why am I forgetting all my usual coachisms? Um, I'll give this as a plug to anyone who is interested in getting into coaching. You should absolutely do it. Um, get over the imposter syndrome. No one is good at it when they start out. No one knows everything, you know, just come in, soak up all the information you can try to learn a thing or two, go to clinics, watch videos. Um, and no one tells you that like, as a coach, when you watch a football play, you can maybe watch one guy. Um, and you just feel like an idiot because people are like, what happened? You're like, I don't know. And like, maybe you don't even get to watch one guy. It's just a blur. And it takes three, four, six, seven, eight, nine years before that happens and slows down. That's why coaching offensive lines one of the hardest. You gotta watch five guys do something. And I think that's why they make me the offensive line coach because they don't want to watch all five of those guys try to figure out. Receivers are easy. Those five guys, it's. Oh, what? So I used to be O line and now doing A backs. Like, I. Because as a line coach, you're with them for like half a practice turns into indie because you don't need to do like indie to group to like bigger group to like, it's just all linemen. So I was like, oh, this is great. I actually have some variety and not just like one-on-ones and linemen hitting the sled. Not that I don't love that, but it gets long in the tooth. It does. And I don't know if there's a shortage of O-line coaches or not. There's not a lot of O-line coaches going around. Like every time I get hired, it's I need an O-line guy. And I think it's because oh, you have to watch five guys do something and make sure it's all done correctly? I don't want to do that. Which means also your position group is probably like 15 to 20 and you have to keep them all entertained for half of a practice. That's happening this year. There's like 25 linemen and I'm like, I don't know what to do with myself. Guys line up on the 10, the five and the goal lines. I can get three groups going. It's a good problem to have, I think though. In the long run, for sure. And they're all juniors and sophomores. Even well, even better. So I'm going into a situation. So all right, well, coach, thanks for coming on. Anybody out there watching, please share it out. Um, go check out his stuff. It's good stuff. I was watching at school today. Don't tell anybody. Uh, don't tell my administration. Um, guys out there, stay safe so we can get a season in Illinois. And I'll see you guys next time. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.